as we get ready, the title is Our Need of the Holy Spirit. And as I get into this, I'm, I'm trying to get to a particular area and uh, for this message. And you'll see it towards the end, but you're going to see part of it at the very beginning. Now, the other thing is, is sometimes you're going to think, does pastor have to keep on saying this? Yes. I'm going to keep on saying it until we get it. There are certain things in here that you're going to say. I know I've heard him say that before, and it's true. You have. And next week you'll probably hear me say it again. Um, because I believe that there's a truth that God is trying to get us to see and that we have to get. And so let's start off in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And most of us are familiar with this. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so if there's going to be power that comes to us by way of the Holy Spirit, when he comes to live inside of us, then there's no excuse for us not living the life that God wants us to live. Amen. Oh, that was great. All right. Now, if you'll turn with me to John chapter three, please. And out of these verses, we're going to find our main text this morning. And I will have you see it throughout John chapter 3 verse 25 now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification and they came to John and said to him rabbi so they're speaking to John the Baptist rabbi he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness look he is baptizing and all are going to him. John answered, verse 27, John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless, if I say unless, unless it is given him from heaven. Verse 28 says, you yourselves bear witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. And so what is taking place here, um, and let me tell you where you're turning next, Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. What is taking place here is they are going to John and they consider John a rabbi because he's a teacher and he has disciples. So there, there were those who were following him and now they're starting to follow Jesus and some of them are upset and they're like, John, do you understand that now they're leaving you and they're going to follow Jesus? And he's like, yes, that's a good thing. And so they've graduated, you could say. And so it bugs the followers, but it doesn't bother John at all. And then in verse 27, that's the key verse that we're going to hone in on today. He says, John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. In other words, unless the Holy Spirit reveals it, you have nothing. You are nothing unless God begins to speak to you and give you insight, give you illumination from the Holy Spirit. And John declares that we can receive nothing except it come from the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you, that's why it's so important for us to understand the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And 
Paul begins to talk about this as well because we have to understand there's natural understanding, there's natural truths, but the John the Baptist and Paul that we're going to read here in a minute, now we're talking about spiritual truth, spiritual insight, spiritual understanding, not just knowing about God, but knowing God from His Spirit to our spirit, spirit to spirit. Okay, it's so important for that. And the illumination has to come from the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 17, Paul's writing this and it says, So Paul, standing in the midst of Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. And so let's just pause there for a minute. What does it mean to be religious in this context? It means that these people are hungry for God. They are looking for God. They may be wrong in their religion, but at least there's a hunger for God. They want something from God. So he, Paul starts off saying, you know, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. Verse 23, For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. And so Paul is saying that I've walked around, I've seen your stuff, I've seen the display of all the things that make you religious, and I can tell that you're looking for God. You don't know who He is. You even have a statue to Him, to the unknown God. Now I'm going to tell you who He is. Alright, you ready? All right, here's where it gets good. Verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Nor is He served by human hands as though He needed anything. Since, everybody say since. Since He he Himself gives to all mankind Life and breath and everything. And so he's letting them know, you know, hey, it's okay that you've had all of these things, but now this is who he is. And and I'm going to tell you about the God who gives life and breath and everything. Verse 26. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Verse 27. That. Everybody say that. That they should seek God. In hope that they might feel their way toward Him and find Him. Isn't that awesome? And so he's saying that through all the created things that you see, through all the, your imagination and everything, trying to find God, I'm going to proclaim Him to you now. And he's starting to say this. And then he makes this declaration. He says that they should seek God in hope that they might, might feel their way toward Him and find Him. And then he says this, yet He is actually not far from each one of us. For... In Him we live and move and have our being. 
as even some of your poets have said, for we are indeed his, his offspring. Isn't that amazing? Verse 29. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that, we, that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. And so what he's saying is, is you can't come up with who he is. You don't have that ability. And so all of these things that you've created, they're, they're nothing. Okay? But now that we know who He is and who we are, that we've all come from Him, and He explains this, now verse 30. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now He commands that all people everywhere to repent. And so that's when we're confronted with spiritual truth, godly truth, God's truth. We can't waste our time time trying to argue with it, trying to figure it out, try to get it to make sense to us, because it doesn't make sense to our minds. Our minds can't comprehend it. Our minds can't understand it. What our responsibility is when we're confronted with the truth of God is to repent and say, okay, God, I'm changing my ways. I'm going to start walking in your ways. I may not understand them, but I'm going to trust you. So let's read that again in verse 30. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent because... He has fixed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by a man, and He's speaking of Jesus here, whom He has appointed, and of this He has given assurance to all by raising Him from the dead. Isn't that awesome? And so He's like, you want to know God? It's Jesus. And this comes by way of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to come to the place where we move from knowing about God through the things that He has created, through the things that we see in the natural, and we come to the place where we are knowing God by His Spirit, by the revelation, by the illumination of the Holy Spirit. If you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 1, please. Romans chapter 1. Hallelujah. To me, this is so exciting because it shows us how God really is and how much He loves us, how much He wants us to be a part of who He is. He wants us to get the revelation of who He is. Romans chapter 1, we've read this in the past, but we're going to read it with a little different slant. Verse 16, Romans 1.16. Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And so this is the revelation we have when we are born again and we know God by His Spirit. We get born again, our spirit man becomes alive unto God again and now we're reconnected. Okay? 
And so what Paul is going to do, though, is he's going to start to show us the natural so that we can see the God behind the natural so that what we see in the natural will bring us to an understanding of who God is in the spirit realm. And so because our spirits, when when the fall of Adam happened, our spirits became dead to God. So we're not connected with him. But God says, it's okay because you're going to see me through all the things that I have done. And as you see creation, then you're going to begin to have a hunger and a thirst for me. And then my spirit will be poured out upon you and you'll, you'll see me. You'll become born again. So that's the process that God takes us through. I remember that when I was um, in high school and, and the person who led me to the Lord, you know, he had gotten saved before. And so, and same denomination, same Catholic religion that I was in. And so he started sharing with me. And it took him a year to convince me that what he had experienced was true. And so I'm saying that there has to come a place where when we're confronted with truth, don't waste that year. (laughs) I mean, maybe do a week or something. Study it out. Check it out. But, you know, I mean, we kept arguing back and forth. And sometimes that's the way we are when we're confronted with truth. Man, it doesn't feel good. We don't like it. It makes us angry. But if we'll hang on, we'll get it. And so that's what Paul is saying here. And so this is how he says it, though. Because if we don't see the God behind what we see in the natural, then we elevate our own thinking of our own self and and we become something that we're not. We think we're so good and so righteous and so smart and so wise. And we'll see what God has to say about that. But so let's continue in verse 18. It says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men. Now, it's not that it's just that they're ungodly and righteous. Okay, they are. But listen to what it says here who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. When we continue to suppress the truth, that's when we're going to get the wrath of God. And so we have to be careful with that. Verse 19, for what can be known about God is plain to them, that he's talking about in the natural, is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. And so again, he's saying, even though we're dead in the Spirit to God, because we can see in the natural, we can see natural things, we know that what has happened came from the hands of God. It didn't happen by mistake. It's not evolution. It's the power of a God. The God. Okay? And He's the one who made us. And then it says, and so they are without excuse. So from the things even in the natural. Verse 21 now. For although they knew God, they knew about Him. They did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking. Now, if you ask them, they become wise in their thinking. But God says that they become futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. 
Ever met anybody claiming to be wise who was really a fool? All right, we'll go on. And exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. In other words, they wouldn't acknowledge God and so they created all of these other things in the image of what they see, thinking that they're honoring God and, and they're worshiping God and they're not because it's all the things that God has already created. And they think, they think they're wise. If we do not turn to God and we think that we are smarter than God and we decide that we don't need God and we don't need the revelation and the illumination of the Holy Spirit that He gives us, then we will experience His wrath. When we fail to repent, we fail to turn when we are embraced with truth, confronted with truth. If we don't repent, if we don't turn, then we're going to experience His wrath. And that's why it's so important for us to understand our need of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because when we fail to turn to God, Paul says it in verse 18 again. Let me read it. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And so the Holy Spirit has come to bring us real truth and to get us to turn to God. Now look, we don't want to live our lives waiting for the wrath of God to be revealed upon them. It's not a good life. And nowadays they talk about following science. Well, I'm telling you, if you follow true science, we see God everywhere and in everything and we should want to turn to Him and seek Him and learn of His ways. And listen to these Scriptures and tell me why we wouldn't want to try to, or why we would want to try to live without God. Why do we look to God as an afterthought and not as a first thought? So here we go. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And we're just talking about science. Okay? John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. Some things were made through Him. All things. Here's that word again, all. We had it when we opened. All things were made through Him. So that means no matter who you are, what you are, whatever, what you see out there, it was all made by Him. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And so everything that we see goes back and is attributed to God. We can declare God created it. Not the evil. But when you look out and you see the trees, you see the grass, you see the rocks, you see the mountains, you see the rivers, you see the lakes, you see the oceans, you see the moon, you see the stars, the sun, the clouds, everything that you see, it all points back to God. 
1 Corinthians chapter 8, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 5, 1 Corinthians 8, 5. <laughs> For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords. <laughs> Isn't this awesome? Yet, for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom, if I say through whom, are all things and through him through whom we exist so there's nobody in here that wasn't made by accident that didn't sneak in some other side door or behind the curtain or something like that we are all here because God planned for us and it breaks my heart when people think that they are wiser than God and that they don't need them. When your whole being, your whole existence is because of Him. Colossians chapter 1 gets a little bit better. Though how can it? You know. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. And this is speaking of Jesus. The firstborn of all creation. For by Him, again Jesus, all things were created. In heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, if I say all things, were created through him and for him. And he is, verse 17, this is the clincher, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You know, that's one of my favorite scriptures, this set, but verse 17 in particular, because I'm like, you know what? I don't have to hold it all together. I don't have to try and keep it together. He's the one that holds it all together. And when you think about just the natural world, you know, they talk about the axis that the earth rotates on. If it's off just a little bit, chaos happens. But God is the one who's holding it all together. And it's not going to move. Hallelujah. He's awesome. And I don't care how smart we think we are. If we don't give ourselves to God, then we walk around in our own wisdom and not in the wisdom of heaven. And why not live? This is a great question. Why not live with the revelation and the understanding when God allows it that the Holy Spirit can give us that we were created by God and for God? What a life to live. You can wake up in the morning and you can rise and you can say, I was made by Him and for Him. And you lay your head down at night and you can say, I am going to sleep, but tomorrow I'm going to rise up because today I had a day that I was made for Him and by Him. I mean, what a life. And then you have people that want to resist it. Let me read to you John 3.27 again. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. So John is telling us that there's a kind of truth which can never be grasped by our own intellect. 
our own wisdom. We, we can't grasp it. Divine truth, heavenly truth, is of the nature of spirit. And for that reason, we cannot receive it except by spiritual revelation. Mm. God's thoughts belong to the world of, of the spirit realm, of the Holy Spirit. Man's thoughts belong to the world of the intellect. And while spirit can embrace the intellect, the intellect cannot embrace the spirit. Whew. God is good. Romans chapter 11. And here's the proof. Romans 11.33. Oh, and I dare say this is one of Diana's favorite scriptures. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways. Isn't that awesome? And, and yet, they're unsearchable and we think that we're going to figure them out. <sighs> So wise. Verse 34. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been His counselor? Or who has given Him a gift that He might be repaid? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. Man by reason, by our intellect, cannot know God. We can only know about God. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, just want to remind you of this. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to bring that up because I want us to understand that we are a three-person being and we have the spiritual apparatus to know God. When we become born again, we have the ability to know God, not just know about Him. And when we're born again, we're made alive through our faith in Jesus Christ. We get connected with God, spirit to spirit, His spirit to our spirit. And then we begin to know Him. We've seen Him in the natural. We see that He exists in the natural because we see the things in the natural. But now, spirit to spirit, we know Him. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says it like this. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And I dare say that's what I was wrestling with when the guy who led me to the Lord and we were having those discussions and I call them arguments. I don't know what he called them, but, you know, I'm trying to figure things out. I'm trying to understand God and what he's saying by my own self. And it's a spirit revelation. It's the spirit illuminating things. And, and when you're hungry for God, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is there. He'll, he'll bring you to that place of knowing God spirit to spirit. 
We can pride ourselves in what we know, but God takes a very low view of it. We can be guilty of this in the church as well. We can pride ourselves in what we know about the Bible, but until the Holy Spirit sheds light and brings illumination, we are only Bible taught and not Holy Spirit taught. And we need to be both. We need to be both. We need to be Holy Spirit taught of the Bible taught. Amen. Because if you're just Bible taught without the Holy Spirit, you're just going to be mean all your life. You're going to be legalistic. But when the Spirit comes in and He brings life, you have it. So there is no spiritual truth apart from the Holy Spirit. And so I want to close with this. John 3.27 says, John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing. If I say one thing. Unless it is given him from heaven. And you can stand with me as I close in John 16.7. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the, the helper will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you. All right, stand with me. If Jesus said it is to our advantage that he go away, I want that advantage. I want that advantage in my life. And that advantage is the Holy Spirit. And being born again in our spirits is the beginning of gaining that advantage. We need to see our need of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that He can reveal God to us and we can walk in His ways, His plans, and His purposes and have an advantage on this earth. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and the love that you have for us. We thank you for this time together. And Father, I pray that you would continue to stir within us a hunger and a thirst as we see the need for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Father, we, we want to be all that you've called us to be. And, and we want to have and, and secure the advantage that you've given us through the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, may we purpose to yield our lives to be to the Holy Spirit so that He can bring revelation and illumination to who you are and how awesome you are, how faithful you are, how good you are, how loving you are, how kind you are. You are. And Father, I thank you that all that you've created, you've done it so that we would begin to see and turn and seek after you and find you. We thank you for this. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. All right, be blessed.